Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon here on a Thursday. Uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller here with you for the next couple of hours. I miss 1460. I got to be honest. Well, you're an old man. I am an old man. Afraid of change as <laughs> I'm getting to be. Indeed. Uh, but uh, no, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a whole new era. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome uh, to the program for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. Here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. 15 minutes or there about Ben Gislison from the Iowa Wild. They're back. Back home. I want to help promote the locals. I know the Wolves are back home as well, and they're getting some airtime. Wild are going to join us here. Uh, they believe Coach Army was on with the morning crew this morning, the morning rush. Um, and we'll get Ben Gislison on here in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. Stephen M. Sippel, it's Ohio State and Nebraska this weekend. Huskers have to win out to get to postseason. What am I missing on that point spread? Circus got it. Circus Sports, who will be in town starting tonight mm-hmm. at Wellman's. They'll take over Wellman's tonight, tomorrow our show, Murph and Andy are there, Fanatics are there tonight, and then um, Sound Off will be there, not the call-in show. Pre-game. Pre-game, right. John Miller's going to be there. I'll be there Saturday morning. You'll be, so you're, I didn't know that. You'll oh, be there yeah, Saturday morning. Yeah. Ted Flint. Ted's going to stop by, put a headset on with me tonight, going to be doing a live podcast. So I plan on starting around 7 o'clock. It's a podcast. If I start at 7.07, that's okay. Right. There's no... Right. There, there's no legal ID in podcasting, but going to throw on the headsets, check out the equipment last night. Everything was working beautifully. Good. And stop out tonight. Have some drinks. Have some food. Circa's going to be there. You get to meet a lot of the personalities that we've talked about, we've heard about here throughout this weekend. And I'm just going to be talking gambling and some Hawks and some mm-hmm. Cyclones and whatever else comes into the conversation. You want to talk gambling with me? We'll throw on a headset. We'll have some fun tonight. 7 o'clock, Wellman's Rooftop in West Des Moines. Uh, Todd Kirk from Action Fanatics. I believe he's going to be there. So they're pulling out all the stops and uh, Circus Sports in Iowa. Um, if you haven't signed up, perfect opportunity to do so. But I would make the trip out there. I think it'll be worth your while. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to make their way to Jefferson uh, for, for uh, tomorrow night. The uh, Wild Rose in Jefferson. And then again on Saturday. So Stephen M. Simple will be here. But where I started to, what I started to say is, why is the point spread only 14 and a half? You want it to be higher. I think it should be higher. I mean, I get Nebraska's defense is okay. You know Adrian Martinez is going to turn the ball over two or three times. He does every day. If he doesn't. Well, maybe that's it, right? Nebraska plays close games. They have. Look at they played Michigan State tough, Mm -hmm. played Michigan stuff tough. Two games they really easily could have won if they weren't Nebraska. There's a bunch on the schedule that they could have won. That is your answer, though. That's Uh why it's, quote-unquote, only I just thought it would be higher when I looked at it because Ohio State now, they've got some work to do. Well, the, the, look, the Big Ten East is going to sort itself out. Yes. I think that's pretty apparent. They still have to play each other. For crying out loud, that's going to be fun. Uh, these last four weeks of the football season, Big Ten East is going to be a big talking point. So Sipple will join us at 1030. And then Lee Sterling is going to be here from Paramount Sports. Um, 
At 11.05, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN. We'll go around college football with Mr. Rittenberg, always a good guest, and he will join us. If you listen to our program, you're used to us, uh, and one of the final things that we do before the week comes to an end is give away an opportunity for four of you to win barbecue from Claxons. Well, we're at uh, we're at uh, Wellman's tomorrow, so we won't do that tomorrow. We will do it today. About 11.30 or thereabouts, we'll give four of you an opportunity to win barbecue from Claxons. Speaking of giveaways on on the Miller and Condon radio program. We are giving away two tickets, courtesy of our friend Dr. Stephen Fuller, uh, East 29th Street in Des Moines and 8th Street uh, in Altoona. FullerDental.net is the website, uh, as we've been doing all season long, giving you a chance to win Hawkeye football tickets. And the next set available will be Minnesota, uh, a week from Saturday, and if you go to the Miller and Condon Twitter page, you can see the rules that are the same. Total yards, both teams, closest without going over. You must use the hashtag Fuller Dental. And if you want a number, uh, and you take 305, but you're not the per- first person to take 305, you're not going to win if that's yeah, the number. Yeah. Whoever claims the number first gets that number. So just go to the bottom of the scroll and work your way up, and maybe 304 is available or 306 or whatever. So go to You don't see a lot of Twitter yards page. in this game. I don't think so either, right? Throwing out that example, what, about 152 apiece? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. What's that number, 11 and a half, 12, I think? Yeah, it's up to 12. Well, it's eleven and a half for the Claxons because we put a hook on it. Yes. So I, I took it down instead of going up. Uh, so that's the program today. That's the BMW of Des Moines guest list on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Yeah, a lot of uh, fun stuff going on. I'm so excited about that Minnesota game. You know, that's my favorite rivalry game is, is the Iowa-Minnesota game. Not just, Wisconsin. Just because, not Wisconsin because yeah. they've kicked the Hawks' ass too much. <laughs> okay. I think that's probably the reason behind it. No. It's because of my connection. Grew up right next to the Minnesota border. Mm-hmm. Got family up there. And a phenomenal trophy. The best trophy in college football. It's really, for, really good. For me. And yeah. I got family there. I also have family coming to Iowa City for the first time ever. So my two older cousins. So are you going to the game next yeah, week? Good. Yeah. One's a year older. The other's three years older. They grew up in Osage and then moved to Minneapolis mm-hmm. when they were six and eight. I was in kindergarten. And they were like my best buddies. And they moved up there. Went up there all the time to see them, but they still remained Iowa fans. Well, now their kids are in college. That's how old I'm getting. Uh-huh. And one of them goes to Minnesota. The other two, I actually go to school here in the state of Iowa. One goes to Iowa Lakes. The other one goes to Indian Hills. But they're all going to their first ever Hawkeye game. Grew up Hawkeye fans, nice. but they're all going for the first time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's sold out, right? Yeah. yeah That's it's, good. It's going to be a really, you would think, a fun environment. The Minnesota game, it doesn't matter. I mean, you go back to the Snow Angel, and, and there's just mm. been... So many of those moments throughout the year, but I'm really excited about it. But for Iowa, they got to get back on track. Yeah. It's got to start this weekend. Run the football. Get the offensive line yep. right. Get Petrus involved. And I just wonder, Trent, if this will kind of be fo- when we reconvene here on Monday. Will will it kind of feel like fool's gold? Because Northwestern's awful. They're really bad. They are really yes. bad, particularly against the run. So if Goodson goes off and has has a good day, will they? Con- oh, they're back. Some Why haven't will go they there. been doing yeah. this the entire sea? All it takes is a tweak here and a tweak there. It's uh, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. This is a bad, bad uh, uh, defense that Northwestern is going to put out there on the field. That's the other piece. You know, you look at offensively, and they've gone through a bunch of different quarterbacks and trying to figure things out. The Marty kid's kind of the runner. Holinsky's 
not good. Uh, yeah. We saw that at South Carolina. He's just although there was good. a couple of games I watched him and I thought he was really, good, but he hasn't been. I agree with you. He's completing fifty three percent of his passes. That's not he, enough. Yeah, <laughs> college football today that doesn't get it done. By by the way, speaking of completing passes, how about that game last night? Yes. How about Rocky Lombardi? Doesn't he look like a completely different guy? He really does. You know what crossed my mind watching that game? I'm starting to wonder if he's going to get a sniff. Oh, he's got the size. He's got the arm. He's got the athletic ability. Uh huh. I'm not saying he's a first round or first no, or no, second no. day pick. He's probably not even a draft pick. But, but I wonder if he's going to get a chance. Get a camp invite mm-hmm. somewhere and get an opportunity. I was impressed by Lombardi last night. What did he throw for five bills? Yeah, he had 350 at halftime. Yeah. He was he was excellent. We got the cover though. That was you the most did. important thing. It's Kent a little, State. little dicey. You score, we score. Uh-huh. You score, we score. If Thank you're on Kent thankful State. for those two point conversion attempts that NIU started. What were they thinking? What was the first? They one? started chasing points down right eleven, first, right? Yeah, in the first half. Yeah, it, I was happy for that because uh-huh. it was three and a half, and they won by five. I watched it between that and the, and the, it was a word night sports. It was Maction and the Minnesota Timberwolves. We were on the same page, although I couldn't stick with the T Wolves. It was a bad night. But I mean, you know what? The Clippers are okay. The Clippers couldn't miss. They couldn't. Going into the fourth quarter, they were shooting sixty eight percent from the field and sixty six percent for three, right. and hadn't missed a free throw. It, it was unbelievable. They they couldn't miss it, and Minnesota turned the ball over time after time after time. Anyways, enough about the NBA. We'll get back to it. And, April. April. Yeah. <laughs> right after the Masters. Right after the Masters. Uh, indeed. So, um, do you think that Petrus has a short hook this week? That's You know what I want to see from him? Just, he can't run to save his life, right? Mm-hmm. Throw the ball. Take chances. Throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, don't be checked down Charlie Constant. I get that's the Iowa way. That's the safe way. That's not working lately. It isn't. You Chuck the ball points. down the field. Seven points in back-to-back games. There you go. You got to do something Yes. Because, and it was great when you're 6-0 and and the defense is forcing turnovers and you're well, making plays. And, and yes, you can play incredibly conservative. That's not the case anymore. The defense is not forcing those turnovers. Mm-hmm. You have to score. You can't anticipate you're going to get for all intents and purposes, 17, 20 points a game because of the defense. You need to get something out of the offense here. This is the team to do it. As he said, this is a bad Northwestern team. This is a get-well t- opportunity. But it's Fitz. And yeah. that still lingers in the back. he's you Fitz. Yes. <laughs> that just lingers in the back of the mind. I have seen awful Northwestern teams be pretty good mm-hmm. Iowa teams. Yeah. This Iowa team right now is not good. Mm-hmm. Could it be another one of those where things just don't mm. work and they are dinking and dunking down the field? taking what the defense gives them, and then offensively, Iowa comes up with another dumb game plan against Northwestern. Trent, if that's the case, the wheels are coming off. Yeah. I mean, from where they were, number two. and I, I You know what? It doesn't even cross my mind that, that Northwestern could win this football game. Really? Yeah, it really hasn't. I think Iowa's got, well, they've got a better roster. They've had a better roster for the last 15 yeah, years. I know. I What's the record? It. I get it. It just hasn't crossed my mind. Well, let it cross your mind because it very well could happen. Yeah. I was not I'll, good I'll enough really to show I'll be really surprised. Up. I'll be really surprised if that's the case. They were but to your to question to Colorado State, who's not good? No, no, no. There was talk early in the season that Colorado State might not win a football game. Right. That's from people who cover the team. Mm-hmm. And one of those people, by the way, you know who's doing a really and I'm happy for him. Sean Keeler mm-hmm. is writing for the Denver Post. And he covered the Rams, or you know, I guess maybe drew the short straw. Uh, but he's kind of taken on the role of a columnist. He's edgy, yeah, and that's good. He's always been edgy. I always, remember that from his absolutely. days here. Absolutely. Um, 
I'm glad he landed on his feet. I really am. Yeah. And he's in big, big market. Got a lot of things he can cover out there, uh, and he's he's a good writer. Uh, but but anyways, yeah, he was one of the people that you know early in the season before trying to do some advance on Colorado State. Uh, him talking about this team might not win a game. They don't look like they can win a game. Anyways, enough about the Rams. Yes. Uh, let's get to the here and now, Kenneth. Um, Buster Posey's retiring, and of course, Twitter's reacting to it because someone had the audacity to call Buster Posey the greatest catcher of his generation. Imagine that. He's really good. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know who's the greatest of his generation. I get Yadier Molina. Mm-hmm. I get Salvador Perez has worked his way into that conversation. That Buster is. Posey's got the ring. Sal's got one. Uh, Yadier's got one. So they've all uh, won a championship. I guess it's part of what we do, right? We have to we have to rank them right we have to declare who the best ever the best of that generation is look if you're a cardinal fan if you're a giants fan if you're a royals fan you've had a lot of fan opportunities to watch those guys they've all got great numbers all of them yadier molina has clearly um the longevity factor the fact that i mean how many games has he caught i looked up before the show over 4000 i is that think what it is it's something crazy at bats 7555 at bats it was about 3000 more than posey or now yeah, let me get it exactly in front of me here 7550 for yadi uh well, just shy of 5000 for buster and salvador perez has um 4300 at bats Perez has more home runs. They all have gold gloves. They're all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how do you, I guess, who, who, if you had to declare one, Molina because of the longevity? I'd probably lean Posey's way without diving deeper into yeah. it. Yadier early in his career was a defensive guy. Yeah. And he turned himself into a good offensive mm-hmm. player. But there was a stretch where Posey was an elite-level offensive player. Mm-hmm. Yadi never got to that point. No, Posey will retire with a a batting average north of 300. Yeah, OPS at 831. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the power numbers. I, I thought those numbers would actually be a little higher until yeah, I looked he, it up. He, drove, he hit 158 home runs. I thought that'd be yeah. 258. I was surprised that the number was that low. But you kind of go in that stretch and just how good he was you know, in the early 2010s at the level that he played at, at a consistent level, where he was the best catcher in the game for three, four, five years, probably in that stretch. Well, he was right we, up there. We saw him all the time in postseason. And that helped, too. Absolutely helped. When you're there every single time, or you every have three other championships. Year. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was with that's the Giants. That's what it was, yeah. Had to be, what, the even years? Is that what it was it back was then? was the even yeah, years, The even yes. years yeah. that they were able to get it done. So I would give the edge to Posey, but it's close. It's and, really and close. And I could easily be swayed, I think, to the Yachty side of things. Now... You talk about generations. Well, okay, it ends here for Posey. We got another year of Yachty. What if Sal Perez puts another five great years in front of him? He's making he's, he's building a Hall of Fame resume, is what he's doing. But then is he considered a part of a different generation? Because he yeah. goes five years long. I yeah. mean, and that's kind of the arguments about best player of their generation. Right. What exactly does a generation? One's forty. Or, one's thirty-four. How old is Sal Perez? Thirty-three. He is. Yeah. This doesn't happen. You're not quick enough? No. uh, More info. Let me check. Let me click on this. 31. 31. So he's the baby of the trio. And he's... He's building a Hall of Fame resume. Yeah. And what he did this year has taken it to another level. He he, he hit more home runs in the American League than anybody. Maybe in all of baseball. Yeah, he was right up there. I think he was. He might have been the the majors home run leader. Anyways, uh, so that's the baseball football tonight. 
<laughs> this kind of feels like a September uh, NFL Network game only, doesn't it? You're not pumped up for Mike White? Well, I'm going to watch. Well, I know you're going to watch, but yeah. I Mike mean, can White. he do it again? No. Did you see the prop out there that some guy in, in New Jersey bet last week that that Mike White would throw for more yards than any quarterback in the NFL? I saw that. It is 125 to 1. Right. So you also have to guess this guy. It's not the only bet he made last weekend, well, right? I'm guessing not. And it's not the only bet that he's made this year. Probably If not. he's betting Mike White to have the most passing yards, yeah. I mean, he's so betting on... So what you're saying is he got even? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to guess he's still behind yeah. if he's making those kind of props. He profits. was so upside down that he needed this one to get even? Right. Uh, how many wide receivers is he betting that you've never heard of to lead well, the I mean, exactly. league in receiving for that week? And just, you know, those kind of prop bets. If he's doing that... I'm sure he's not alone there. I always get a chuckle out of when I see those come across my Twitter mm-hmm. timeline. I'm like, I know this guy. He's a true degenerate. Yeah. If he's betting on that, it's not the only bet he made last week. Probably not. Well, we'll see, we'll see tonight. Important game. Boy, the Aaron Rodgers story just continues to yeah. take one turn after another, right? I, it feels like I'm always behind. I read another article and I'm behind. And, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't know that part of it. I didn't know that piece of it. So where are we? What are you at right now with Rodgers and Kind of the road we went well, down from at, yesterday. And it's, I go back to your point this summer about the schism with with him, and I didn't think that there would be one. Trent, they're in the driver's seat. They were in the driver's seat. What was today, Thursday? On Tuesday at this time, yeah. they were in the driver's seat to have the NFC go through Lambeau Field. You get the only buy that you get now Absolutely. with the new structure. You get one buy. On Wednesday, the news breaks that he's COVID positive. Do you feel good if you're a, a a Green Bay fan that all of a sudden that your team with Jordan Love is going to be able to hold off an unbelievably competitive field of NFC teams that are chasing you? And instead of having, I don't know, the Rams come to Lambeau or the Cowboys come to Lambeau all of a sudden, or the, yes, now all of a sudden you've got to go on the road? That's a whole different can of worms. Maybe you're playing instead of having that bye week. That's all of a sudden, it. you got to play the Cardinals. You're a four or seed. Or the Rams. You're the four seed In instead the first... of the one. Who, whoever doesn't win that division. That's who yeah. you got to face all of a sudden in the yes. first round of the playoffs as opposed to being home. You did what you needed to do last Thursday by beating the Cardinals mm-hmm. and getting that tiebreaker. Little did we know, five days later, your quarterback's going to be on the sidelines. He's going to be on the sidelines. The leader of your football team is going to be on the sideline. My point being, if you're a player on that team and you have to, and it doesn't end out well, well for you, if you get knocked out because you're on the road, do you look at your leader, your team leader, any differently? Oh, because he yeah. re- you know, he didn't buy into the science and, and decided, you know what, I'll do it my way. He, this offseason was weird and mentioned what I brought up this summer a lot. I, I thought it was going to be impactful. Well, winning ultimately cures all ills. Right. I think if you played any level of sport, you played with a guy you didn't like or you played with a guy maybe you didn't respect. But if he was a talented player and you're winning games, yeah, it's easy to brush Absolutely. that aside. We'll go out there and we're going to have fun because we're winning. Well, now he comes the other way. And not only was. He paid in the butt all summer long, mm-hmm. and he wasn't there, and he wasn't the quarterback that you normally anticipate. Season starts, all good. All right, here we go. Well, not week one, it wasn't good. But... <laughs> right. Seven consecutive weeks yeah. afterwards, though, it yeah, was. They have, right. And then you go to this route, and you're having to deal with this guy again, and the headache uh-huh. again, and a guy maybe you don't respect again, and now you're left in this kind of lurch, and you're going to throw a guy out there that most everybody says is not even close to ready 
to being a quarterback at this level in love. Mm-hmm. Now, if there is one, I guess, silver lining, because of Rodgers holding out all summer, Jordan Love got a whole bunch of August. He did. Right. He did. It wasn't great. No, but he got at least But he, he got the reps. Yeah. He got the reps. You're right. It's something that at least bears mentioning here. Absolutely does. It's more than just a loss game. And mm-hmm. who knows? Chiefs are not very good right now themselves. True. Very well could be a tight game, True. and it's... 17-17 in the fourth quarter. Now, I thought the Packers would win the football game with Aaron Rodgers. And yes. look, this isn't me preaching to get the I wish you would get the vaccine. I'm not going to try and tell you what to do. You do what you want to do. I don't think we're changing any minds here Absolutely today. Absolutely not, and nor are we trying. But we are saying that if you're a Packers fan, you have to look at the quarterback at the end of the season. If you don't get to where you think you're going, because he can't play against Seattle, and he can't play against Kansas City, and who knows if the league is going to drop the hammer. Will they mm. drop the hammer on him or just the football team? I mean, you go back, and this is... This is not me bitching about the Broncos. It's it's not. But I'll use this example. Last year, yeah, yeah, Ben Gesselson, I forgot all about it, Jen. Thank you. Last year, exact circumstances. The Broncos had to shut down their quarterback room. Do you remember the week? And probably you don't because Denver was so awful that you're not paying attention to them. The Broncos couldn't play Drew Locke or Jeff Driscoll or who the hell was the other one? Oh, Rippon. What's his name? Brett Rippon. These guys all couldn't play and they had to find a receiver. Who played a year of quarterback at Wake Forest? Kendall Hinton's his name. And he made the roster this year as a receiver, but they made an example out of Denver last year by using the same protocol for the most part that's in place this year. But Aaron Rodgers is one of the faces of the league. How will they treat this? Gonna be something to watch. Is there, is there, and there normally are, right? There's two different sets of rules. Is there going to be this year? I don't know the answer. We should know here in the days, weeks ahead. Let's talk some Iowa Wild. Ben, I'm sorry we're late. We got off on a tangent. Ben Gislason from the Iowa Wild. Good to speak with you. How are you? Uh, great to speak with you guys this morning. Thanks for having me on. We're excited about, obviously, hockey back here in Des Moines after a trip north of the border. Yes. Right now, Kenny, you're very familiar with. So are you traveling with the team? Oh yeah. So you got to be, you got to my hometown. Was that the first? I did. <laughs> Was better to go in? November than it is in January. Uh, well, that's when we're going the next time. Oh, so I'm going to get to experience that as well. <laughs> I don't envy you. I don't. So what, what did you think of uh, what did you think of the peg? There's a lot to do. I mean, and, and not that changed I changed then. And I've, I've, been to, <laughs> I've been to Winnipeg before, but it's been at least a decade for me going up there for some youth hockey tournaments back when I was a player, uh, you know, meandering around out on the ice surfaces in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, so I went up there a few times, but never really got to see it. I unfortunately, I was told to go eat it at a high steakhouse, and I nice. did not fly it over there. Um, I'm planning. I got that one circled on next yes. trip here in January because I've heard that place is outstanding. Any other suggestions? No, you know what? Just stop right there. That's a, that's a really good one. That's a really that's where. Where do you guys yeah. stay? Do you stay at the Fairmont or where do you stay? Yep, yep. Okay. We were right downtown, right yep. in the heart of it, off Portage Ave. Yeah. So you walk through the tunnels to get to the rink. Underground. Well, I got lost. I got lost both times, so I ended up back. I ended up back on the street, which I know will not be an option in January when I'm there, or else I may not make it to the to the uh, Canada Life Center. So I'm going to need to figure out that route next time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's great. I'm glad you. I'm glad. And the team split, right? You guys got to split up they there. Did. Good stuff. And it, it it almost felt more like uh, a sweep with what we were dealing with because we ended up having two guys that that we had to ship out the day before we actually crossed the border that we didn't anticipate because they were sent up to Minnesota, and then we had uh, uh, three other players go to Minnesota before we left for the trip. So we were actually playing without three of our top six scores, and at one point because we had an injury on Saturday, we were playing without seven regular guys that were. Mm-hmm. 
in our top half of the lineup. So, I mean, it was a grind it out, find a way to win victory on Sunday, and they played extremely well despite getting outshot. Derek Faribault was terrific in goal, made 29 saves. Mm. They got a lot of contributions from some guys that were playing in elevated roles. So it was a, a good demonstration of this team's depth last weekend. Back home tomorrow night, Grand Rapids in town. Six o'clock puck drop there. And my favorite part about it, well, not just the hockey, but $2 beer night. It's got to be a big one over there <laughs> oh, at the yeah. well. It is. We love it. Um, we're super grateful to have it. And we're super grateful that our fans love it so much, too. Yeah, $2 beers uh, all the way through the first period. So Stock up early uh, and, and, and you have some fun on the evening, and it'll be a great evening. The Grand Rapids series has been a really entertaining one recently between those two teams, and first time these two teams will see each other this year. And we got a lot of Grand Rapids players, actually, that were with them in recent years playing against their old club for the first time tomorrow night. Good stuff. How's Rossi look? The first-round pick from last year, of course, he had that big, really serious bout. We talked about that with COVID. Uh, how's he looked? It looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Good for him. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see him uh, on the home opening weekend that we had, but he's slated to play tomorrow night. So if fans want to see him in person, it's going to be our first opportunity here in Des Moines to get that uh, elite skater mm-hmm. and really elite thinker. I mean, it's his brain that really jumps off the page to me. His ability to see things that most people don't see in this world on the ice yeah. surface is really what I think separates him. And if you get a chance and haven't seen it yet, uh, he made just a spectacular saucer pass on a goal up in Winnipeg. Sorry. It was flat. It landed right where it yep. needed to land. And then it was an easy finish from there for Joseph Camarosa. But go find that highlight if you haven't watched it yet because it was the first one, I think, of many for him where just you just sit and think, wow. Yep. No, I totally agree with you. I watched it, uh, and uh, the goalie had no chance. It was just absolutely no. perfect. Look, and get to see him while you can, because not knowing what the plans are up the, with the parent club, uh, he's an NHL player. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He's that good, and he's going to have an, a nice long career. Uh, so what else about the team in our final minute with you here? Uh, what do, Maybe what surprised Coach Army so far in a positive way about his team has got out of the blocks? You know, I, I think it's really been uh, the young players. I think he's been able to rely on them a lot more than maybe he thought. And when he when you look at this roster from a 10,000-foot view, you see the depth, some of the additions that the Wild made in the offseason, players like Kevin Churchman, Joseph Cramarosa, who is back from the Minnesota Taxi Squad. These are guys with hundreds and hundreds of professional hockey games played. And there's been a lot of help from those players, but... Rossi's got four points in four games. When Connor Dewar was here, he's got four points in four games. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of younger talent that are, I think, playing a little bit beyond their years right now, which when you combo that with the depth defensively, the depth up front that this team has in some of those veteran-type players, it's a really, really fun mix to be a part of. So I would say the young players that are, that are playing a little bit more responsibly and a little bit more dependably than I think Coach maybe thought. That would be my speculation. Then again, who knows? Tim might listen to this and come to say, hey, I don't think that. <laughs> but that's one broadcaster's opinion when you, when you put me on the spot. Good stuff. Ben, uh, thanks for popping on. Good luck. Puck drop tomorrow, 7 o'clock at the well. $2 beer night through the end of the first period if you need another reason. Go catch the Iowa Wild uh, in action uh, in our home city, downtown Des Moines. Good stuff, Ben. Thank you. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you, Ben Gisless, in the voice 
of the Iowa Wild. We will head to Lincoln next. Well, first of all, we've got some business to do, and that's that $1,000 handoff. Uh, indeed, it's time. Text the keyword. What's today, Trent? Thursday. All day. Uh, text the keyword green to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 green to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Even M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Still to come this hour, Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO 106. It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, so welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The Chicken Coop, three locations, Urbandale, Ankeny, and of course, the original in West Des Moines. The Chicken Coop sponsors our next guest. He's Stephen M. Sippel. He covers Nebraska, Nebraska-Ohio State this week. Huskers have lost five out of their last six um, I don't know what to say, Sip. It looked like uh, the, the Purdue was in town, certainly a winnable football game. I think the story of the year, let me get your take on this, is just okay. that seemingly week after week they're in these games um, and they have a chance to win these games and maybe should have won these games, but yet find a way to to lose. Um, is that the biggest Is that the biggest story of the year so far in Nebraska football is yeah, the ones that have got away? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you correctly identified a narrative. One of the, I'd say, yeah, the narrative. It's close. I mean, that's certainly what Scott Frost has said repeatedly. That we're we're close. You know, he's he, his contention is they just have to make winning a habit, and that they're trying to reverse you know a trend that he inherited. Um, and a lot of people. A lot of people buy into it. I'll tell you what we got here, guys. What we got here is a divided fan base. Uh, <laughs> One of those, you know, yep. we've had that before. You know, probably the Solich years, at the end of the Solich years, you know, the 2003, it was a divided fan base. Mm-hmm. Certainly with Bellini in, in 2014, it was a divided fan base. And it feels a lot like that. Maybe not with as much vitriol um i don't know that it's as toxic but <laughs> we got three weeks left so it could still get that way yeah, yeah. and it very well could as well, you look State, at the remaining schedule, <laughs> could go that direction so it's year four and there's still these excuses there's still guys being thrown under the bus players by the coach is scott frost it doesn't feel like yeah at times he'll give some lip service but it just doesn't feel like there's a ton of accountability from the outside looking in to the head coach and Scott Frost. And it feels like he always thinks it's somebody else's problem, not his. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. I mean, his comments, um, they're often, they, they seem like that's the case. I don't think he's that way. I mean, I think he's, I think he's accountable. I mean, I don't know that you can rise to where he's risen in his profession without being accountable. But, yeah, he's. I mean, I think it's some of it, Trent, and I know Scott. Right? I mean, I, I know him pretty well. Um, covered him, 
you know, for those who don't know, I've been doing this for 70 years. And <laughs> I covered I, I covered Frost in 97, and he's from Wood River. And I, we, we you know, we kept in touch to the extent that, that uh, you know, guys can keep in touch when he's all over the country. But Scott, I always want – I mean, he was a killer competitor, um, very competitive, do-what-it-takes guy, tough. Um, kind of old school approach. And I've always wondered how well he can handle, you know, players who aren't that way. And I think he's, I do, I, my read is that he struggles with that a little bit, like probably a lot of coaches do. Um, but I, yeah, I, he wants, he knows what he wants to see in players when he doesn't see it. Sometimes he just says, you know, and I I think he struggles with that. He, Mm. He wants, you know, guys like that want everybody to be like that. Right. But yet they, I think he has to understand that not everybody's like he was. I think it's a fair point. When you get a, a player that excelled and was very good at that position, um, then he, you know, he equates them to how it was when he was playing it, whatever sport that, uh, uh, that we're talking about. So here's Sip. You know, I, I watched the, the college football playoff, the first reveal show, and I see all these teams that have been on Nebraska's schedule. And if not for a play here or there, and I know it's excuses, Oklahoma seven points, Michigan State taken to overtime. I thought I thought Nebraska was the better field team on the field that day. Early October, mm-hmm. Michigan's in Lincoln. They had them beat, uh, and 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 Michigan finds a way to win. So they're they are close, but how much longer? I mean, if they lose out, Sip, and it's not crazy to think that that could happen with Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. If it doesn't go their way, and that's Eight out. What would that be? That would have been losing eight out of their last nine games. That divided fan base. That's even going to be become more of a divide, or more of a divide one sided. That it is time for a change. I would think. I would think. Now, there's a here's the issue. There's there's a lot of them, and it's a layered discussion. But the one, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep into because we don't have time. But I would say that the fan base, most of the fans. I would say the majority of fans, maybe even the vast majority of fans, want it to work. Okay, so that complicates it, right? Mm -hmm. They want this to work, and they really want it to work with Frost, and now that Trev Alberts is on the scene as AD, it's really an appealing picture, right? They they have the two program icons at the head of the athletic department. Look at these guys. They're wildly successful elsewhere. Um, and they want to be here. These aren't guys that are going to, you know, Nebraska's going to have success and they're going to bolt. They they want to be here. So it, it's very appealing to people. That's why I think a lot of people, have, they really struggle with it because they want it to work. Now, as far as your scenario, I mean, it's interesting, right? I mean, some people will say, you know, if they win one game out of the three, maybe, you know, that that would probably do it. But should it really... I mean, there's a philosophical discussion that ensues, right? Like, mm-hmm. should it come down to one win? Or yeah. if they don't win one? So if he wins one, he's fired. If he <laughs> doesn't win one, he's safe. I mean, is that – I mean, yeah. I just don't know if that's the way to operate, really. I, I'm with you. So we've got 30 seconds left. Uh, we were late getting to him. We apologize. Uh, Chicken Coop sponsors. Look, the, the one game that they did put in the win column when it comes to uh, schools in the Big Ten was Northwestern. I was looking to get well this week, too, because they are struggling a little bit. When when you saw Northwestern in person, this is not a good football team, right? It would be 
Uh, it, it would really be a massive upset if Northwestern, I get it, Trent reminds me all the time, Fitz has got Ferentz's number mm-hmm. a lot of years, but this is a bad Northwestern team, is it not? Yeah, they just don't have the horses, especially on defense. They don't. It, it doesn't look like a, a, a Big Ten team should look. Like, if you just go down and watch warm-ups, you're, you're sort of startled. Huh. Like, wow. I mean, it was like seeing Northwestern, and then seeing Michigan back to back, it was really, it was really sort of stunning. I mean, the difference in athletes, and yeah, that's that's just the way it is. Iowa shouldn't have a shouldn't have a major problem, even on offense. They should be able to get twenty eight points, I would think. Indeed, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, I uh, believe there's a bye week next week, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there'll be a very there'll be a very uncomfortable bye week <laughs> next week, I imagine. And we will uh, ask you to share what uh, some of that uh, those feelings when you join us a week from today. Thank you, Sip. Appreciate it, as always. Talk to you in a week. Thanks, bud. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep, take care. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star, Chicken Coop, Urbandale, Ankeny, and West Des Moines. Sponsor, Sip. And we're going to be out at the Chicken Coop a few times here in the coming months. We'll be rotating through the locations. Going to be out there uh, a couple weeks, uh, the day before the 5A championship game. Also going to be sponsoring our high school football coverage into basketball season and some live remotes out at the different chicken coops. Again, three locations. You mentioned the West Des Moines one. Yep. I was there talking to Dave uh, the other day. It's in the old original Legends. That's now where it is, not the oh, old Grand okay. Avenue location. So I'm glad you told me because yes. I would have gone to the wrong place. But yeah, we, we don't want that. Old, there, yes, I knew that. I saw that in the paper. Yeah, actually. Ashworth and 60th yep. Street, the old original Legends, if uh, people from back in the day remember. Mm-hmm. That's where he is now, has the Yankee location. Urbandale's been there for a number of years. The wings are always great. And, Ken, I got you your wings. Did every you? Time you we're got doing me hooked a, up? Yeah, yeah. Every oh, time we do boy. a remote, I know you're excited about that because they do it right. They chicken do. wings at the chicken coop. Thank you, Dave, for that. All right, we will take a time out. Uh, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 100 bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460, KXNO, and 106.3 FM. Des Moines Sports Station is 106.3 KXNO. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Adam Rittenberg still to come in hour number two. If you Claxon's Barbecue, we'll do that today, not tomorrow, since we are on the road tomorrow at Wellman's Claxon's in about 40 minutes. Right now, he's Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Another week of football is upon us. Lee, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Lee Sterling? Oh, I got to hit the button, Lee. Sorry about that. How are you, Lee Sterling? I'm good. I'm just trying to digest uh, these initial rankings. I mean, things usually work out, but, yep. uh, you know, Cincinnati, not very happy. Nope. <laughs> so they might need some help. And uh, I was shocked the Oregon Ducks were number four. I, I don't think they're very good, Lee. I really do. No. I know they've got the, the most impressive uh, non-con win maybe of the entire year yep. going to Columbus, but boy, that seems like a long time ago if you watch that football Oh, I mean, team. there's some games. I mean, you watch them. They lost to Stanford. Yeah. They only beat Cal by seven, and they allowed Colorado, which has like a terrible, maybe a junior college offense to score 29 points. Yeah, that, that says a lot. But before we get into the slate of games yeah. this week, uh, obviously the news yesterday that Aaron Rodgers is, yep. going to, is not going to play. Um, most had him as a seven-point player, that he means uh, seven points to a point spread. Is that where you had him, uh, power ranking on Aaron Rodgers, about six and a half, seven? Well, when you do that, you also have to factor in who the backup is. Right. So 
for instance, like Cleveland, Baker Mayfield might be worth three points to most teams. They have a pretty good backup in Case Keenum. So mm-hmm. he might be worth, you know, one, one, one and a half points uh, if they were, you know, uh, looking at that line now in hindsight. So uh, it, it, it just depends really on who the backup is. And uh, but, but certainly I would say that Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are worth at least seven points. Yeah, you just don't know about Jordan Love to do that comparison. Anyways, we'll get to that game here in just a moment. But before that, let's talk some college football first. And what is the smelliest line of the weekend? Michigan State fresh off the number 3 ranking in the win against Michigan. Just a three-point favorite on the road against Purdue. Something's going on here. Lee, help us out. Well, at the comeback last week for, for Michigan State, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Mel Tucker was on the verge of tears in his post-game news conference. And Michigan State, though, I see some cracks here. Uh, their defense, number 103rd overall, 127th in passing yards allowed. So um, they're going to face a Purdue quarterback in Aiden O'Connell, averaging 295 yards per game passing. Last four games, 72% completion percentage. Also got back their iron horse running back, Xander Horvath. In Big Ten action, Purdue's defense giving up just 18 points per game and uh, 52% pass completions. Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne, last two games, one touchdown and four interceptions. Hold on to your hats. We're ready for another shocker. Purdue outright 27-24. Wouldn't that be something? Cincinnati, well, yeah. it was, you know, Cincinnati wouldn't like that result because the Big Ten's getting one. Uh, they have to worry right. about Alabama, and they have to worry about the Pac-12. Anyways, let's go to another Big Ten game. And this is another line to me that doesn't make a lot of sense. Trent likes it. I thought it should be higher. The Buckeyes on the road in Lincoln, who are uh, in the midst of another bad year under Scott Frost. The Buckeyes are a 15-point road favorite. Anxious to get your take on this. Okay, so if you look at numbers and you look at what Nebraska does moving the ball and stopping teams, pretty good. I mean, 16th in total offense, 27th in scoring defense. Problem is, you know, if Adrian Martinez turns the ball over four times like last week, hey, you might want to lay 25 or 30 points, but he's so up and down. You never know what you're going to get. Ohio State also has Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan the next three weeks here. I think the number is tempting to take the home dog here. Mm. Ohio State, I think they're going to need you know, a turnover advantage of maybe two-plus to cover the spread. They needed a 3-1 turnover advantage last week to barely just win the game as a 19.5-point favorite against Penn State, who is totally inept on offense here. I got a, I got a final score worked out of Ohio State 42, Nebraska 32. I'm taking the 15. Grabbing the points and going with the Huskers. Let's go to our home state teams and start in the Big Ten with Iowa. Goes on the road to take on Northwestern. Northwestern's a bad team. Iowa's a bad offense right now. And Fitz has had Ference's number. It's a big one. 12. What do you see with the Hawks on the road? Northwestern lost 14 starters from last year, and they just didn't try hard enough in the transfer portal to replenish the team uh, to make them competitive. They were actually a good team last year. They stink this year. Uh, Their defense, uh, 14th in their own conference. They're giving up 35 points per game, 458 yards per game, 6.1 yards per carry running the football. So we know what Iowa's done on offense the last two weeks, giving up 10 sacks. Um, only rush 
for 100 yards in these two games on 60 carries, 1.7 yards per carry. I just think that Northwestern's coming around at the right time for the Hawkeyes here. Northwestern has no quarterback. They're also 2-4-2 two, and two as a home underdog the last eight games. So Duke and Nebraska got healthy versus the Wildcats. Uh, why not Iowa here? Hawkeyes 31-14. Uh, that'll make the home folks happy. Let's see if you can do it again. As Iowa State is at home this weekend, here comes Texas. Texas is a 30-minute team. They just, for whatever reason, cave in the second half of football games. Cyclones, a touchdown coming off a loss in Morgantown. Here comes the Longhorns. How do you see the Cyclones and Texas? Okay, so the last two games between these two teams have been decided by five points total. Iowa State looks like linebacker Mike Rose should be back for this game. Very good run stuffer and surprisingly underrated in cover, coverage here. Weapons galore on both offenses here. Iowa State also 9-1 and one as a home favorite here of less than seven points. But Texas, pretty strong, 14-8 and eight against the spread record as an underdog. You know, could we see another fourth in a row Texas blown lead? I think it's possible, but uh, I think Texas has the offense to keep it close. I think they're going to lose the game, but get the cover. Hawkeyes, uh, 35. Longhorns, 33. Cyclones, Cyclones yeah. Yes. Going to get some angry Cyclones, mail if you Cyclones. get that one. Cyclones, Let's yes. finish it up with the game we talked about at the yep. top of the NFL. The Chiefs, now a seven-point favorite against the Packers. Okay, so I, I'm I'm going to play this game a little bit different here. So we've never done a two-team six-point teaser, but I think this is the right way to play this game. So you look at at Green Bay, we know they've lost Aaron Rodgers, but their defense has yet to allow a 300-yard passer and is 12-4 and against the spread in the last 16 uh, games here on the road. So I think that, uh, you know, what we've seen is uh, overreaction. Uh, people, what they do is they bet against the team when they lose their star player, and, and they paid a price. You don't see these casinos in Vegas and offshore and – um, you know, uh, crying the blues this year too often. They're cleaning up. So what we're going to do is we're going to put that game and we're going to tease it, take a two-team six-point teaser. We're going to say the Kansas City will win the game, line seven, seven-and-a-half, move it down to one, one-and-a-half. They pretty much just have to win the game, and we're going to pit them with Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh is laying six points. Move it down to a pick em. Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Two-team, six-point teaser. Hmm. I like it. Get Monday yep. Night Football involved as well. Yep. Well, your game, right. of the, I mean, your game of the week is in the Big 12, TCU. Uh, Gary Patterson goes in to work on the game plan, despite being fired the day before. He hates Baylor. Yep. Uh, TCU, Baylor, it's your game of the week. If the folks want more information, uh, how do they reach out to you? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so much on the line here for Baylor, who's streaking TCU. Can they rally for their coach? Uh, you want to get what hopefully is the right side? Just call 800-400-9741. We had a rare losing weekend last week and lost some really close games. Lost our big play with Maryland up 15 with uh, nine minutes to go. Uh, backdoor touchdown with a minute to go uh, ends up uh, costing us that play. So we're going to look for a nice comeback weekend. Here's what we have. Seven selections on Sunday. Uh, uh, that's up and available. Five on Saturday. Just go to ParamountSports.com. Good stuff. Thank you, Lee Sterling. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you in seven days. Okay. Take care. Paramount Sports. Done for Lee Sterling. Michigan State goes down. 
Wouldn't shock You've been me. saying that line's stinky all week long. That one and also his game of the week. Those are two that I targeted right away when I saw them Sunday from Circa. We will uh, come back. Uh, more college football with our friend Adam Rittenberg from ESPN. Claxon's barbecue giveaway in about a half an hour. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KX.